Welcome to Woman Unzipped, a podcast featuring women who share their lives truthfully, vulnerably, and powerfully with moi, Leah Rose. I believe that sharing your stories gives you access to transformation and that when you step into your life with commitment, everything is possible. Join me for stories and shares with women from all walks of life, careers, and lifestyles. Welcome. Hello, lovelies. Flea Rose. And we are about to talk business today with, and we're about to get unzipped with my friend Deshaun Russell, who is the CEO of Southern Elegance Candle Company and also the founder. And this woman has built her company literally from her garage to her now warehouse and factory. And hi, welcome. Hi, Deshaun. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, absolutely. I love these. <laughs> good. Okay, good. You know, I wanted to come on and talk business with you because you have a very unique story and you have a lot of wisdom to impart on people who are starting their own businesses. So why don't you share like how you started Southern Elegance? How did I start it? I think that I started it because I was at a point in my life where I started looking at what is my contribution to society? Like what type of legacy am I going to leave? And so I had just had my son. Um, well, I had my son at 40 and that's when the shift started happening within me where I was like, I'm leaving this kid and what kind of kid do I need? you know, want to leave to the world, like when he becomes an adult, like how he is in the world is a direct result of my parenting. So then it started making me look at the world on a much larger scale, like what is going to be my legacy when I'm dead and gone? What are people going to say about me? And so I was in a job that I was unhappy with. So over the course of the next five years, that kind of desire to really leave something became bigger and bigger and then one day I just walked into the, the job that I had at the time and I was just like I hate all of these people there's nobody here that inspires me I really felt like they were draining my energy mm. um I feel like I had contributed everything that I had to contribute to that particular um, industry I was working in education and I had worked as an administrator I had worked as a coach I had worked as a teacher and I just felt like I was at the end of whatever it is I was supposed to be doing there and I just quit my job and said I'm gonna just bet on me and yeah. I knew how to make a lot of stuff I narrowed all of that stuff down and was like which one of these things can I make the most money selling because ultimately this is a business so just because I know how to make it doesn't mean that I should make it so I was like what can I make money with the fastest and what can I charge the most for um, and I settled on candles and the company just kind of took off pretty quickly. Um, and I think that was really due to very good branding and knowing who my customer was off top. I didn't just make candles and hope people would buy them. I made candles for a very specific group of people. And so when that group of people, which are Southern women, Southern bells, um, saw my product, it really resonated with them. Yeah, got it. And then, so I mean, you made, you, you started with your first candle and then what has happened? Let's, let's just like fast forward. So How many started, years have you been in business? 
I started in 2016, like January 1st is uh, tw- so 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. So technically five years. I'm in my sixth year of business. I started literally with two pots in my kitchen. Um, I moved to the garage. I moved from the garage to a rinky dink little roach infested building because I live in a town with less than 4,000 people. So it's not like we had a lot of options. Right. From there, I moved into a retail space and we just covered the windows and put coming soon in hopes that the fire marshal and the city code guy, whoever he was, wouldn't show up because we were manufacturing <laughs> candles. Yeah. And I just kept praying and praying that a building would open up that could accommodate our growth. And so one building in the county opened up and we moved into that building. So in a matter of, you know, five years, we've been in about my kitchen, the garage, the rinky dink little space, the retail space, and then um, our warehouse that we're in now. And later this year, we will be in a new manufacturing facility. So literally from two pots in my kitchen to a about 15,000 square foot warehouse that we're having built from the ground up in a matter of five and a half years. So that's pretty much what we have done. So we went from about, I think my first year I did 60,000 in sales somewhere around there. Um, And last year we were at over a million in sales. Yes. We've grown the company very, very uh, quickly. It's, It's been challenging to say the least. (laughs) Yeah. And you seem to take challenges head on. How do you like, how do you handle the challenges of take of growing from, you know, let's say from 60,000 to 1 million. That's, that's quite a gap. How do you handle those challenges that come up? Um, Sometimes not very well, to be perfectly honest. Some days it's, You know, I think that how a person handles challenges in life, just generally speaking, translates to how they're going to handle challenges in their business. So if you are the type of person that is not introspective or not 100% accountable for your own behavior, um, then... Mm. you cannot be successful in business. I think it's just very difficult. So in my personal life, I've always accepted that I am a hundred percent responsible for everything that has happened to me on some level. And so I think that once you have that kind of mentality, when you are facing a challenge, you just kind of look at all of the things that you can manage, all of the things that you can control, all of the things that, you know, you know that you can be held accountable for. And then don't, I just don't worry about the rest. So every time we're presented with a challenge, I say, yes, okay, we're going to do this. And then I manage every single piece that I know that I can manage. And then when things go wrong, I look at me first and say, what have I done that I could have done better? And then the things that I have absolutely no control over, I really just don't care. Like, so I just focus on everything that I can manage. Now, having said that, I have worked myself to exhaustion and passed out on the floor at work where I just literally worked myself to exhaustion. I've worked myself to the point that I've seen the cardiologist because I thought I was having a heart attack. And he was like, no, you're fine. You just are under an extreme amount of stress and you need to work less. So at times I handle it well. At other times, 
<laughs> I'm a, a, a freaking mess. So, oh, no. you know, I think that's, that's, but that's anybody though. That That's right, just right. a part of life. But generally speaking, I stress out, stress out, stress out until the thing is over. And then I'm reflective. And then I say, what am I going to do differently the next time? And then I move forward with doing it differently. And that's it. Yeah. And also you get up every day and do the thing. I mean, I think that goes back to, I think that goes back to personal responsibility. Yeah. Like getting up every day and doing a thing is what I am supposed to do. Yeah. I have a business. People expect me to produce candles. My employees expect me to make good decisions. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that is just what you do when you are a business owner. So the fact that I get up and do it, like, I don't feel like that is extraordinary on any level, because that is literally what you are supposed to do as a business owner. Uh Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So besides production of your candles, what do you think are the next biggest pieces of running a business? I mean, you've talked about branding, right? So I think that the main thing that, okay, first off, before, first and foremost is branding. Um, Just because you make something doesn't mean somebody's going to buy it. You know what I'm saying? There are plenty of people out there making their widgets, their soaps or whatever it is. Like I've seen some really crazy shit out there and I'm just like, who is buying this? You know what I'm saying? So if your message isn't clear about who is buying it to begin with, like that in itself is a Mm. problem. So branding first and foremost and making sure that people actually want whatever it is that you're selling. Like I can't stress that enough. You can go to any store and buy a damn candle. You do not have to buy mine. So what sets mine apart is that they are designed specifically for a group of people and we give them what they like. Now, having said that, I think that the main thing that sets a successful business owner apart from anybody else is the ability to get up every single day and show up regardless of when it is hard or when it is easy, when it is going great, or when it is absolutely like in the pits of hell. Right. I remember when my marriage first broke up and I literally went into work every day crying like I could not function, but I still had to show up every day because I had a business to run. Um, Were my decisions during that time the best? Absolutely not. Like I did just enough to keep the company afloat. But did I keep the company afloat? Yes. Yes. Right after that COVID hit, I had no clue how to operate a business during a crisis. Like I barely had any idea how to operate a business period, but how to operate a business during a recession and a crisis was like way out of the realm of even my thought process. I had to reach out to a bunch of friends and get a lot of help. And I needed a lot of people around me telling me I could do it. But at the end of the day, I still showed up every day and did what I had to do. So that's why I kind of go back to showing up every day and doing the work. Like you get absolutely no accolades for that. Right. Because it is what is necessary to make the, make the business run. And at the end of the day, I think too many people think this, this is a cakewalk and it's going to be easy and it's going to be fun. And it is absolutely not any of that. And you got to show up every day and persevere through all of that. That is what makes a successful business, period. 
Like if you can't get up every day and, and just trudge through the shit, like literally trudge through the shit, because that is exactly how it's going to feel. Right. If you can do that every day and get to the other side of that, you'll be successful. So it doesn't matter what your issue is. If you have bad branding, you'll figure out the branding. If you are not making enough money, you'll figure out how to make the money. If you are losing money, you'll figure out how to look at your numbers and figure out where you're bleeding money and stop it. So, but you got to show up every single day with the mentality that it's hundred percent your responsibility to fix whatever it is that's going wrong in your business. You got to have people around you that support you and push you. But ultimately it's about showing up every single day, regardless of if you're getting oculates or right. if people are telling you how much you suck. Because right. I've had days where we've had 30 or 40 emails where people are just telling me how much the company sucks and where's their damn order. And then I've had days where those same people are emailing us, telling us how great we are. So I don't let the highs or the lows affect me too much. That's great. And and you didn't really get into this business for validation, right? I didn't. And I think a lot of people do. And unfortunately, yeah. their egos are tied to their business. And my ego right. is not tied to this business. I could shut this down tomorrow and still kind of go on with life without feeling like I failed or feeling embarrassed that it didn't work. Hell, there are plenty of days I just want to shut it down because it's hard. So my ego is not tied to a, the dollar amount that we make. It's not tied to how many stores we're in or anything like that. Um, my biggest driving factor is what kind of legacy am I going to leave? And so affecting the lives of my employees, making sure that our environment is a, a place where people want to come to work and enjoy their job, um, making a difference in the community. Like those are the types of things that drive me. But even with those, I still don't get too caught up with, I have three employees or 30. Like those numbers are not the numbers that drive me. It's the quality of life that I'm creating for people that really um, drives me. And that's both in the product that we produce as a company, our impact on other women, Black women in particular, and entrepreneurs, um, and, you know, just life in general. When people meet me, it is really my mantra in life that you are better off knowing me because of who I am. So if you, if, if you meet me and I'm sucking the life right out of you, like we should not have a relationship. And so I try to move through the world, making sure that everybody that meets me ends up a better person on some level. Yes. Thank you. I know I'm a better person since I've met you. Well, I'm a better person since I've met you. So let me say that. <laughs> well, let's talk about 2020, shall we? Because this was right. a big year for you in business and it's a pandemic, right? Like you said, the pandemic hit. Share with us a little bit about how 2020 unfolded for you. So one thing that happened in 2020 is we started working together. So we started working together in January of 2020. And we started Talking off, about me. I, yes, yes, <laughs> we, me and, and, and Delia started working together in 2020 January. And I was like, oh, if I could just do $50,000 a month, I would be so happy. And you were like, the hell, like these numbers <laughs> are way too low. And I was like, just let me work on them. You know, let me work on my mindset. 
Yeah. And uh, so that was January, February. We were still kind of like trying to get me in the right headspace. And in March, the pandemic hit. And then I just kind of went in survival mode. So your job literally as my coach was to show up and help me through this crisis. And that's why I say you need people around you that is going to buoy you. And when you're feeling like, I just want to shut this shit down and not do this anymore. You have to have people around you saying, no, you can weather this crisis. And then you have to have that. It's something in you that makes you show up every day. So even on those days that I did not want to show up, even on the days when I had to lay everybody off and I had to make candles, label candles, ship candles, do all of the back end stuff. Like I still showed up regardless of if I had a team around me or if it was just me. Those were the darkest days for me. Um, because I felt like I had just rounded a corner from my marriage falling apart. And I was just kind of getting myself personally back on track. Yeah. And then the business like started to really suffer and I didn't know if we were going to make it. And so it was like one boulder, I kind of dodged and then like right behind it came the pandemic. So there were plenty of times where I didn't want to do it anymore, quite frankly. Um, and I did it anyway. And then through literally trudging through that shit on the other side of it, one day we just started getting orders and they never stopped. So we were shut down for about two and a half, almost three months. I had a little kiosk in the mall. Um, we had to shut that down because the mall was looted right. and we were losing money. Um, so I was losing money on every single thing that I had put in place. And I just didn't know how much longer I could go on, you know, bleeding money. That's why I say you will figure it out. And then one day everything just changed and we just started getting orders. Now, that in itself created a new set of problems. So right. all of a sudden we got this massive growth because people are sitting at home during a pandemic. Right. They're buying candles because they want their home to smell good or they're bored, whatever their reason was. They wanted to support small business. There were a lot of reasons people were buying from us. And I brought everybody back and I went from about three employees to God, probably 30 by the end of the year. So I mean, we're, she's fast forwarding, but we're talking about you were, you were shut down in March. You had laid off all your employees for like what, three, like a mm -hmm. month. So it was March, April, probably May, June timeframe is when I brought everybody back. Yeah. By May, you were already like, you were up to what? I think you hit your first 80 K month in, in May. Was in it May? May? Yeah. It might've been May. Yeah. And then it just didn't stop from there. It was like May and then June and it's just never slowed down. And I remember saying, oh, it'll just slow down for the summer. And that's, it never, it never slowed down. It never, it has not slowed down yet. You know, we had a $300,000 month in November. Yeah. We had a $300,000 month in January, no, February. So this month is the first month that we kind of have had a break. Um, yeah, it never slowed down. So that goes back to that little $50,000. I was like, oh, if I can right. do $50,000. And we're doing, you know, we've done six times that on multiple occasions. So um, yeah, you just got to be ready to show up and deal with whatever is thrown at you. Yeah. And what are you like, 
what did you do to get this income, this extra income? And for those of you that are listening, I'm, I've got bunny ears. I'm quoting. <laughs> I don't think I did anything. Like <laughs> if you ask me, like, I know, like, you're probably rolling your, like rolling your eyes. Cause I never think that I do anything and I'm always doing the work. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I never feel like there is any one thing that I can go back to and say, this is the thing that propelled right. me because I'm always doing the work. You know what I'm right. saying? I'm always just putting in the work. I'm always showing up every day. So when Good Morning America finally notices me and says, hey, would you like to be on the show? We need about 10,000 candles. And I go, yeah, we can do that. I don't think that there's anything that I did in particular that was so special. Right. They just had... happen to notice, notice me in that moment. Yeah. And then I show up and knock it out the damn park. So they call me again and again right. and again. Exactly. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So yes. what did I do? I do what I said that everybody should do, which is show up every single day, say yes to new opportunities, figure the shit out, and then do an after action review basically and say, what could I have done better? What could I have done differently? What worked? So that the next time you're given that opportunity, you can say yes again and have it flow a little bit better. Every time I've done GMA, because it's such a massive platform, I have learned huge lessons about the business, about finances, about cracks in my system, just about me, period. Yeah. So I don't think that I'm doing anything special. I think that I am doing what a person that's running a successful business should do. Show up every day, produce a stellar product, be there for your customers, um, have great social media presence, put yourself out there, constantly ask for the sale and ask for opportunities yes. to let people know what it is that you are looking for and that what you're trying to do. And then once you put it out there, I know this is going to sound all woo-woo, but you have to put it out there because how is Target going to know that I want to get in Target if I don't say I want to get in Target? Right. Target is just not going to find me. I'm going to reach out to Target. I'm going to tag Target. I'm going to be like, hey, Target, every opportunity I get until one day they kind of see me and go, who is this? Is she a good fit? I may or may not be, but I won't know that until I put myself out there. I apply for every mentorship. I apply for every um, pitch competition, grants, like whatever it is, I'm always applying for something and trying to get some money, exposure, but that is what you are supposed to do if you are running a business. So that's why I say, I don't think right. I do anything special. Exactly. I just do everything that I think <laughs> it will set us apart from the competition. And I like being number one. I like talking shit to people. I like <laughs> um, being the best. Like that's what, now that is what drives me. The ability to be like, I don't have to sell to you. Right. I don't have to deal with you. I don't have to buy from you. And I don't care how you feel about it because you can't stop this train. Like I really love being able to say that. So if there was ever a driving factor, that, that would be it. It's like, it's like you have an unshakable confidence, which just gives you certain boundaries right like no one's gonna mess with you if they do you it's know that it's not worth your yeah. time like yeah. bye yeah. so you know yeah people have to decide do they want to take me on yeah it's gonna <laughs> be a fight you know what i'm saying if i decide to fight it's gonna be a fight if i decide it's not worth my time and quite frankly most of the time i'm deciding that something just really isn't even worth my time i refund money quickly 
Then you call with an attitude. I'm like, no problem, ma'am. We're not, we're not even having this conversation. Here's your money back. And that I think irritates people more so than anything else. The fact that I'm not willing to engage with them because they are often acting from their ego. And I'm like, I don't care about you. I don't care about your ego. And I don't care about this little $50 sale that you made. Keep the candles. But we're not dealing with you ever again. You know, I think that part irritates people the most. Yeah. No, but it's a strength as a business owner, right? Because you have to. Yeah, you got to know when to cut the cord. Yeah. You said something. You said something about, you know, making the sale and asking for opportunities, right? Like, can you say a little bit more about that? Because I know a lot of, especially women in business, when they're first starting, they, they don't want to ask for money. That was something I had to work on. Um, and I was working with um, uh, a different coach and she really kind of works with beginners. And I, I remember meeting with her and she was like, honey, you got to ask for the sale. She was like, everything else you're doing is perfect, but you're not asking for the sale. And I was like, ask for the sale. She gave me two big pieces of advice. She said, ask for the sale and you need to be a lifestyle brand. And at that time, when she told me that it was out of my realm of comfort to think either one of those things. Yeah. And then I just started watching her on social media. And every time she posted something, it was because she was making money from that post. And I started saying, she's a business. Like, how do you run a business if you're not asking people to buy your stuff? Right. And oh. so, like, I just told my social media people, I'm like, every time we post something, tag a product. Every time we post something, tell people where to go buy it. Like we're not posting, first off, I pay a lot of money for these pictures. So right. we're not posting pretty pictures to entertain people. That's not what we do here. We're posting pretty pictures to get people to go to our website so that they can buy. And if they don't buy, we can retarget them with ads so that they buy. Right. So everything kind of turned into, is this a money-making endeavor? And when we had that ship, you know what? Let me tell you this. You asked what was the one thing that we did. We created a marketing plan mm. for the entire year or we, we have it for the year, but we focus on six months chunks at a time. And that marketing plan um, really determines everything that we post on social media or that we talk about or that we do. And that all goes back to asking for the sale asking for the sale every single time. So once we created that marketing plan, we know exactly what we're gonna post, exactly what products we need to link it back to, exactly what we need to say, and exactly what we need to do to get people to buy. So that is the difference. Because before I didn't have that, I created a website and I was like, you know, if you create it, they will come. Bullshit. <laughs> If you create it, you're going to get lost in a sea of other web pages. Right. So you have to create it. Put one of them spotlights, a giant man that blow up and do like this. <laughs> you know, horns, clowns, <laughs> and everything else. Big arrow saying, look at me and then buy my thing. And you got to get that in front of the right people. So you want the right people to look at you. Because right. too many times we put our product in front of the wrong people. So getting it in front of the right people and saying, look, 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 and then buy, 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 buy. And then 
hey, you haven't made a sale and we ain't sold to you lately. Come back and buy some more. When we did that, I think that that's when we really did see the shift. So asking for money, <laughs> basically, is, and let me tell you something. Women don't have a problem expecting things in certain scenarios. Right. So if we go out with a guy, we don't have any problem with him paying for dinner. Right. But you start a business and you don't want to ask people to buy your product. Like that doesn't even make any sense. And there are some women that are straight up selling it. Don't have no problem getting that money for it. But the rest of us have a problem asking for money for something that costs money to make. And we need money <laughs> to keep the business afloat. Right. It makes no sense. It's, that's just cultural conditioning. You know what I'm saying? The other thing that I really did have to struggle with, and you know this, is mindset where I had very limiting beliefs about money. And so releasing those beliefs about how much money I could make, I still always cap it on the low end, rather than realizing that the, the universe literally is infinite and I can make as much money as I set my mind to. So I think that that part, but that comes from, you know, a lot of childhood kind of trauma, kind of bullshit right. that's psychological that you have to get over and then how you see yourself in the world and women were taught to play small and not be too loud and not be too much. And, you know, who do you think you are to think that you can run a hundred million dollar company? Right. Like, like that whole thing, you have to get over that mindset and realize that you're capable of doing exactly what you want to do in this country. Like we are uniquely positioned in America to um, make money and make as much money as you are capable of doing and the internet has released all roadblocks to that. Right. So you can go right to your consumer and sell your widget or your service without any interruption in the flow of money. So that part, when I embraced that part, then I was able to look at my company as a lifestyle brand because then it became infinite in the number of things that we can do now just because we can do an infinite number of things doesn't mean we're going to do a kabillion things it means that we have to be very mindful of the things that we choose to do but the the number of choices and the ways that we can go is infinite like we just have to choose the right product the right fragrances the right branding the right colors the right everything that speak to our customer but once you accept that you can make as much money as you yeah. know, your heart desires, whatever your number is, then hmm. what you offer will match that. It will match that. And then you're, you're free to like be way more creative and look at your business differently. And when things are not working, you recognize it immediately as a drain to your soul and a drain to the business. And that mentality mm transfers over to everything else in your life. So if you're able to look at a product and go, this product is not profitable for us. It's not selling. It's not good for our customers. Other behaviors and other people, all of a sudden you look at them and go, hmm, this person in my life, they're draining me. They're not good for me. They're taking away from the things that are important. And it just, your whole life starts to shift from embracing that one idea that you are worthy and deserve everything good in life.
Yeah, absolutely. And you can also create a massive clearing by taking taking care of that outside thing right there in your business and your ability to, you know, accept money. I love what you said there, Deshaun, like your ability to accept how much money you actually want, your business will follow, but you have to accept that you want a certain number. You want a certain outcome that could be bigger and could be like bigger than you think is possible for yourself, but that desire is still there. It translates into everything. The business, you will start with it. I know I, let me speak for a minute. I know I started with the business. Like I'm only going to do the things that are good for the business. And then like literally that translated into my life. I'm only going to do the things in my life that are good for me. I'm only going to engage in the activities that are good for me. I'm only going to deal with people that are good for me. Now, people, the people part is a little bit tricky because, you know, we, we go back and forth with our emotions. But at the end of the day, I think that I'm able to make decisions that I look at me and say, is this person good for me? Yeah. You know? Is this situation good for me? Right. I make some really dumbass decisions. Let me be clear about that. But at the end of the day, I can look at it and say, is this decision good for me? It's just like we introduce products that are not good. Okay. It doesn't work. Let's just not do it anymore. You know, there's no judgment. I want to (laughs) just, I want to segue to one of my favorite products. Oh Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you about that candle. So fireside was never one of my favorite candles to burn. I just said it smelled like, why would anybody burn something that smells like something that's burning? Hold on. <laughs> it smells like my grandpa. It does. Mm, I love it. It's called fireside. And yes, she's got it burning right now. Yes. So I burned that candle. And I was like, oh my God, it smells so warm and comforting, like a nice sweater. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So something that I didn't really believe in and everybody was like, oh girl, that is amazing. I just was like, okay, we'll keep it. We started offering it year round. I love uh, it. Yeah, it is. It has become like a candle that I burn every single day. So yeah, you just got to live and learn, like live and learn, live and learn, live. And, learn. and the reason that we kept that candle, even though I didn't particularly like it, is because when we looked at the numbers, it was one of our best selling candles. Wow. So I ain't crazy. That money yeah. will drive you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing with yourself with us and about your business. Go check out Southern Elegance. As Deshaun says, Google her. Google Just me. go I Google love, her if you I want love to know. Being able to say that. Google <laughs> me on my. <laughs> <laughs> and is there anything else you want to say? How can people find you? What give us your deets? So yeah, um, just you can, like seriously, you can Google Deshaun Russell. I have a web page, and then the business page will come up. All of the podcasts and the articles, like everything, will just pop up. So, um, if you feel compelled to buy a candle, please buy a candle also. Oh yes, you absolutely <laughs> need to buy a candle. Side. It smells amazing. I can't. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you and for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. This has been a Global Turn On production. 
I'm Leah Rose Barber, your host. Make sure you check us out at www.globalturnon.com. Until then, see you soon.